0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Next Level Nutrition Biz podcast. I'm really looking forward to today's conversation with my friend and somebody that I Really admire in all facets of life and business, and that is Rachel Melinda. You might have heard from her or heard about her before, and if you haven't, I'm sure you're going to fall in love with her after listening to this. So today we're going to talk about how to start a podcast. And to be perfectly honest, I thought about doing this episode on my own because I have my own podcast. But I thought about you know who really knows. Podcasting best, who's done so well with their podcast, got you know thousands of downloads, and actually was named 2020 Podcast of the Year, and that was Rachel. So I'm so happy that she's taken the time today to come on and share her knowledge with us. So let me tell you a little bit about Rachel. Rachel Melinda is Toronto-based intuitive eating and body image coach and host of the Fill Your Cup podcast, and she's on a mission to help women stop hating on their bodies and feeling out of control around food. Rachel's non-restrictive intuitive eating approach to food has helped thousands of women put an end to emotional eating, binge eating and disordered eating and find an effortless and enjoyable healthy way of eating and living. And again, like I said, if you don't know Rachel, you're going to love her. And I highly suggest following her on social media. She's not only a pro at what she does with intuitive eating, but she also is like the funnest human being in the world to follow. She has so much fun in her everyday life. And it's just a joy to watch her live
1: out that joyous life. So thanks for being here. I'm smiling so big. (laughs) Did you know my love language is uh, words of affirmation?
0: Oh, great. (laughs) There you go.
1: I'm just like, I feel very loved and appreciated and respected right now. So thank you for that. And thanks for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Well, absolutely.
0: Like I said, you know, I only know so much about podcasting. Um, I guess we're kind of on the same journey. Like we started around the same time. We have a similar amount of episodes, but your podcast just took off. I know you have so many raving fans. You have so many downloads. Like I mentioned, 2020 podcast of the year, which is incredible. So um, I knew I had to have you on. Thank you. I'm excited to to share everything I've learned. Yeah. Well, let's just dig right in. Why don't you just get started by telling um, everybody maybe a little bit about your business and background and then
1: like how the podcast actually got started? Sure. Yeah. So, like Steph, I'm also a holistic nutritionist. um, And to preface that, what came before that is um, a lot of disordered eating and an eating disorder, and just a very broken relationship with food, which, you know, which was confusing because I'd always described myself as like a health nut growing up. And I was like, I'm just being healthy, but how come I have this terrible relationship with food? And then I went to go pursue nutrition. And as I started practicing, Um, I noticed this pattern coming up with my clients, a lot of the struggles that I used to face, such as emotional eating and binge eating. And it just, I had a light bulb moment where I was like, I don't think people need to know more about nutrition. Like there's, there's no shortage of nutrition information out there. There, And so there must be another reason why people aren't reaching their health goals or getting to where they want to be. And what I discovered is that a lot of people have a broken or poor relationship with food. That's very influenced by, by the diet culture that we live in today. And so I, after that, I, I put the, the, you know, I kind of transitioned from being a holistic nutritionist to moving into intuitive eating and body image coaching. And so that's the work that I do now. I work one-on-one with women, helping them to um, stray from from the diet mentality and learn how to listen to their bodily cues again, how to trust themselves and live in this intuitive way, which might sound like fluffy and, and flowy and like, hey, there's no structure and you're eating all the things. But um, I truly believe it's one of the um, healthiest – like uh, most sustainable ways to sustain healthy behaviors um, and to just witness women on the other side like, you know, not being preoccupied by food thoughts all the time and critical about what they're eating and feeling guilty after eating and struggling with binge eating like and, and feeling that freedom is like, that's priceless, right? And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's primarily the work that I do now one-on-one. Um, I also have the podcast, Fill Your Cup Podcast, um, and I'm pretty active on Instagram, which I just genuinely love and also use it as a uh, promotional outlet. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm missing something. Well, I mean, that's a lot. You're, okay. you're a busy lady. Um, and I just wanted to point out, I
0: don't know if you remember me saying this like just a couple of weeks ago, but you're so good at getting people excited and like buzzing things. Um, mm. like, I feel like online you just share so genuinely that like when you're like, hey, this exciting thing's coming and you're just so good at like getting people excited. You're like the professional hype woman, I think. Oh, cool. Thanks.
1: <laughs> That I think she like share funny. what it is and they're like, oh <laughs> I think and then and the, I said and then I actually share and they're like, oh what a letdown.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm always still excited, but it's just so interesting to like see the way that I wouldn't even call it that you're marketing your business. I know it is yeah. actually marketing, but it also is just so genuine that I feel like you do a really, really good job on your podcast and on Instagram um of just inviting people in. Like you're so Thank good you. at that.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny, like from a young age, I, the whole way of how people show up in business has never sat well with me. Like I I still remember being on the go train going to work. Um, I was working in advertising in my early twenties and like, you know, everyone's like wearing their suits and like, just kind of living how they felt like they should be and, and being in a presentable way. And I remember being in interviews and having to like, you know, everyone's kind of, showing up as they feel like they should. And that has never sat well with me. I'm like, come on, like, let's just admit we're all just humans at the end of the day that walk around in our walk around in our underwear. Like, let's just be human. Mm -hmm. And when I see that of, of someone else, like I immediately, like, I feel drawn to them and I trust them more. And, and for me to show up in that way, like I, I don't know how to show up otherwise. So, um, I feel really grateful that it, it feels safe for me to show up, um, and to, to be appreciated for it too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really, truly appreciate it. And um, I have so many of my clients and friends that follow you and I know also really resonate with you. So you're doing something right.
1: Mm, (laughs) Thanks, Steph.
0: Okay. So let's dig into talking about um, a little bit, maybe about Fill Your Cup podcast and how you got started. Um, Because, you know, one thing I kind of want to preface the conversation with is I, I hear a lot of people Um, at least like people even starting out in their business is like that fear of sharing too much information, um, you know, online or on social media, on a podcast that they fear that like, what, you know, if I'm saying all this information on a podcast, what am I actually going to say in my sessions? So that's kind of like a double question. I guess I'm curious, like, if you can walk us through how you got started and then how you also like, feel about showing up on this platform and sharing, but knowing that's not the only place you can give value to your clients?
1: Yeah, both great questions. So yeah, I'll start off with my podcasting journey. So I started the podcast in January of 2019 or that's when it launched. I was working on it a, a bit before. And leading up to that year, I'd always wanted to start a podcast. I was, I was an avid listener of podcasts and I just loved it as a medium. I loved feeling connected to the host. I loved soaking up information that way. I'm a big fan of... Um, I'm not, I'm not like a huge blog reader unless I'm like looking up something specifically. So I I love just like plugging in a podcast and being on the go and like feeling so inspired. And I was like, wow, I really want to do this, but like, what am I going to talk about? And you know, my work was around emotional eating, disordered eating. And I was like, Hmm, that's, that's kind of heavy, um, to like have a podcast just about that. Like who's going to want to tune into that all the time. Um, and so I was just like thinking, 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 and, um, Actually, to, to um, before the Failure Cup podcast, I actually did – I don't know if you know this stuff. I started a podcast with two other friends, no. and um, we recorded two episodes. I, f- I forget the name. I think the name of it was, like, Feel the Fear, the whole idea of, like, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. No. Um, and we recorded two episodes together and took, like, our album art cover and <laughs> – um, quickly discovered that having three people behind a mic and combining three minds, three visions and schedules was very challenging. And I had, I felt like I'd studied so much on podcasts and had such a clear vision of, of what I wanted in terms of like the quality and, and how I would do it. I didn't know what it was going to be yet, but I knew how I wanted it to be done. And I wasn't willing to compromise on that. So, um, I stepped away from that. Um, and that's, that was no longer. And then there was one day in November, 2020, where I was like walking to work. I was working with joyous health at the time doing marketing for them. And I was like, okay, hey, what's this podcast going to be? And I was like, all right. So people that are struggling with emotional eating, what a lot of people don't know is that emotional eating is born out of not, not meeting your needs, not putting yourself first, not filling your cup. And I was like, Oh, the fill your cup podcast. Mm-hmm. I could talk about like all the different ways we can go about Putting ourselves first, meeting our needs, and filling our cup to then stave off things like emotional eating. Not that emotional eating is the worst possible thing. Hey, it happens. But you know, if you're if you're constantly turning to things outside of yourself, the external, to food, drugs, um, scrolling on social media to fill a void. Well, what are you not looking at, right? And so. That's where the fill your cup podcast was born. It's so funny describing that light bulb moment. I, I get goosebumps every time I relive it because I just remember it so vividly. I was like, "Oh, this is it!" Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what that's what we what we do. What we talk about, and what's so cool is that, like, I hmm. It gives me the opportunity to talk about so many different things. If you've tuned into the podcast, you'll know that we talk about everything from finding your dream career to stepping into your most authentic self to celebrating your sexuality. Um, the sex episodes are always um, hot and happening. <laughs> I'm um, <listened> to many. <laughs> yes, they're juicy. They're good, and like I, um, I'm known for being TMI, and so it allows me to like just like talk about everything. And sometimes I'm like, oh, did I share too much? But those are always the episodes where people right back. And they're like, Oh my God, thank you for saying this. I thought I was the only one thinking that. Um, and so it, it actually is, um, (laughs) it's funny someone left a review recently saying like, I know Rachel, like, uh, I love this podcast. I know Rachel's like an intuitive eating coach. Um, but I love that. Like, I love that she talks about all these other cup filling strategies and I'm like, well, the cup filling strategies are to support you on your intuitive eating journey. It's just not branded as an intuitive eating podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, but now I've introduced a new series called the intuitive eating sessions within the podcast. So you get all the cup filling content like week to week. And then, um, every third, um, Thursday, um, we drop an intuitive eating session, which is like a bite-sized 10 to 15 minute intuitive eating lesson. Um, So if you're like looking for intuitive eating information, it's like right, right then and there. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's evolved so much over time, right? Like you probably, did you really have a vision at the beginning of like, this is what it's going to be? These are the guests. This is the, all
1: the topics. Or were you like just kind of riding that roller coaster as it went? I did have a vision. Yeah. I had a, I had a spreadsheet going, I had like dream guests, I had topics, I would say, like, a lot of those didn't end up happening. Like, I think they were, like, my my big dream ones. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course I'm going to talk to this person about this. Per- about this. Um, the first year or so of the podcast was, like, really tapping into my network. You know, it's like when you get into this world, the world is actually um, so small and tight-knit, right? So I was, like, interviewing a lot of uh, my friends and colleagues. And um, now I'm branching out more into um, – I guess people that I follow on social media that aren't part of my immediate network, um, which makes pitching more interesting. Um, mm. And we can talk about that as well. But um, yeah, I, I would say, you know what, usually I am kind of like a go with the flow figure, it, like figured out as I go, but I was very, I was very clear on, on the podcast and I still feel, feel very clear on it. Like, you know, I have, I, there's places where I want it to go and I see potential for it. I'm like, Hey, how am I going to do that? or Or where do we want to go next? But like, I just feel so strongly about it. I was saying this to someone else recently too, like in, you know, I don't know. I think we've all experienced this as entrepreneurs, like, um, in my day-to-day business, my like one-on-one coaching and all that, like that sort of thing. There's, there's definitely days where I'm like, I should just quit. I should just (laughs) throw in the towel. Right. But I've never felt that about the podcast ever. Mm. It's so interesting. I haven't either actually. Yeah. I wonder why that is. I think it's like once you, I, I also hate quitting things. Mm. Like once you start something, it's like, or once I start something and like, I don't like stopping. Yeah. Oh gosh. We're going to be doing this forever. Oh fuck. <laughs> 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 we're slaves to the yeah. podcast <laughs> world. We will be doing There's it. like a new, like new medium out, like podcasting has expired and we're still podcasting. <laughs> yeah. They're like, get over it. (laughs) I'm
0: usually late to the trends. So that might actually be happening. I'll still be doing it. Me Um, too. Me too. I think it actually um, goes to show that, like, you know, there are some weeks where I'm like, even actually this week, to be perfectly honest, where I'm like, oh gosh, I didn't do an episode. I'm feeling behind, um, you know, feeling a little bit off. And maybe for a week I don't do it, but then Mm -hmm. I always have that push to come back the next week. And I really do think it's because of the listeners. Like it has yeah. to be because if it was just me like doing something, so a solo project, um, I think I would have given up to be perfectly honest.
1: Yeah. And I think that's like, that's really important advice for the beginning stage because you know, your, your downloads aren't going to be as high as you want them to. And you're gonna be like, am I just talking to myself? And um, you're not, but you also might be right. And you just kind of got to grind it through that, that time. And Um, you know, I, I used to work in advertising, so I, I had clients and at one point I was a freelance social media manager, so I had clients. So I essentially treated myself like a client and I think you need to take yourself and your podcast just as seriously, like set deadlines and commit to them, like no matter what. Mm -hmm. And, and at the end of the day, like, I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned in, in business is consistency is so key. Consistency will get you so far and that's not to say it's easy, it's 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 hard, and there's going to be a lot of roadblocks in the way. But just keep going, even if you have to go go a week where you don't release an episode. Cool, pick it up the next week and keep going.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's really, you know, people are like, "What's the magic key to business? What's the secret? What's the whatever? You know, like the the bro marketing of like." How do you make that hundred K or whatever? Yeah. Um, you know, I think you're right. It's consistency. It's the showing up and doing something over and over and over, and not just like trying it once or for a month and then throwing it away. Like for both of us, we've been doing this what over two years now. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's like you know, sticking with those things. Obviously, the things that aren't working, maybe you you reevaluate and put those to the side, but the things that are, you just double down on them.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, part two to your question you asked um how do you how do you share without giving too much away was that the question yeah yeah, yeah that's I think that's a question we always um face as as entrepreneurs and and content producers. It's like, well, I don't want to give away my secrets, right and I think I used to kind of dance around that like I would be like, yeah I, I don't want to give away um like if if you want this content then you then you get the program sort of thing then you work with me one on one but I've since shifted that like and I think I've, I've put my, myself in the shoes of, of my future client, um, by being a client of, of other, of other things. And I notice like when, when I feel super confident to take the leap with someone, it's because they've showed me enough value. They've given me enough of a taste, a taste and more of like what, what's possible to, what's, what's going to be possible when I, when I work with them. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think by holding that back, you're actually doing yourself a disservice and yeah, you might be like, Oh, I'm giving all my secrets away, but it's, you know, information isn't going to like be the trade-off between like what you can actually offer. And I'm thinking of one-on-one coaching, I guess it's different if you have like a, um, a done for you program. So like my podcast one-on-one guide, right. Mm Um, I'm happy to share like some, like, um, takeaways from there. Am I going to share the whole thing? No, I'm going to take away bits and pieces. So you, you can get a taste of that and, um, feel confident enough to, to move forward and, and purchase it. Um, so I think you, you pick and choose, but I'd say like, just don't be afraid of, of giving too much, if anything.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. I'm also on team, you know, give a lot um, because I think it's just really nice to serve before you sell and um, you know we're people at the end of the day we want to feel connected and I think you do such a good like I've mentioned a few times it's such a good job of connecting with people through the podcast through instagram so the selling becomes more natural it becomes a piece of it um, and there's always something more to learn like we can't you know our podcast would probably be like 10 hours long if mm-hmm. we if we thought about everything we knew on one subject so um, I think it's just for anyone listening there's always going to be more that you can share. And it's a lot of the time, it's the personalization, having that conversation one-on-one
1: versus, you know, with a podcast, it's kind of Mm one-to-many. And you mentioned something, um, well, you just, you just put like a catchy thing uh, saying to it, uh, serve before you sell. And that's exactly it. Like, I just, I just launched um, my intuitive way for eating program or enrolled for, for summer. So, I enroll all of my clients at once. I work with 15 women at a time for a four month period. Um, and, and the month leading up to that start date, I'm, or months leading up to it, I'm serving. And the cool thing was, this was the first time I was actually very strategic about it in terms of planning all my content for social media and for the podcast. Like, when it came actually time to say, hey, like you can sign up. I didn't even have to sell because I'd already been selling this whole time without it feeling like selling. Not that selling is, is bad, but like, you know, sell through, like you said, like serving by providing value. So then like, you don't like, I used to get on calls and feel like I have to convince people because they didn't have enough value. They didn't, they didn't understand enough yet. Right. So it just makes it so much easier for yourself.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. So where would somebody even start? Like, how do they know if a podcast is right for them? And the reason that I kind of asked this is, I think so many people think po- there's just so many people doing podcasts. So they're like, um, do I kind of go with the masses and also create one? Or, you know, the opposite? Why would I even create one? Because nobody's going to listen to mine. So how can someone kind of like evaluate if it's right for them or not?
1: Yeah. So podcasting as a medium, like while it's been around forever, it doesn't mean that like you've missed the boat. Just like if like you want to start a blog now, you didn't miss the boat, just start. It's still, it's still there. It's still happening. Um, but should you start a podcast? I guess some things you want to think about here are, um, what's your why behind it? Um, for me, my why was, um, another opportunity. It's like content marketing. So another way to educate prospective clients and to eventually convert them as, as clients. And so, um, my, my audience are, I know them to be podcast listeners. Um, they're within the ages of say 25 to 40. Um, and so that, that made sense for me in terms of that. So you want to think of like, is my audience are are my, um, my ideal clients listening to podcasts. Another thing you want to think about is like, is that a comfortable medium for you? Not to say that like, if you aren't comfortable behind the mic, then it's not for you because look, like I, I have a theater background. I'm quite animated. If you know, if you follow me on social media, you'll already know that. And yet my first time behind the mic was terrifying. Um, so don't run for that reason, but, um, make sure that you're excited about it too. Um, and I think too, like thinking about like what your sort of offering is, I'm, I'm trying to think if there's a, if there's a business that podcasting wouldn't work for, Mm. can you think of one?
0: Not really. I think it does, like you've said, it kind of comes more down to like what you're comfortable with and like if your ideal clients are even listening to podcasts.
1: Yeah. 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 At the end of the day, you're educating, right? What I was going to say is sometimes podcasting for, I'm I'm just thinking of when I do podcast ads specifically, I notice podcast ads are are more difficult to convert when it's, um, something that people need to experience. So like talking about a food product, right? Um, If you can't actually see it. Mm -hmm. um, That said, if, um, so like a a food product that I work with quite often is made with local, they make um, granola bar mix and, and granola bars. And if they were to start a podcast, well, they're not talking about their, their product specifically. They're not talking about, um, like what's actually in that sort of thing. They're talking about the, the value around it, why it's important to support local, um, talk about sustainable living. Right. So it's an opportunity to educate even further on, on your mission and bring people into your, um, into your brand and make it a part of their lifestyle. So, um, and then I think too, like you, like, make sure you have the time for it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think people get excited about these things right off the bat and they're like, yeah, let's do it. And then they, they keep it going for like a a month. And then they're like, oh, this is a lot to keep up with, which it is. Um, And then they stop it. Right. So I'd say, make sure that you have the time and resources for it first. And that's not to say like, and and meet yourself where you're at. Like you don't have to be a superstar with it, but like, I'd say create a smaller goal to start. And once you reach that, continue building upon it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just for those of you that maybe as we talk throughout this conversation and and you realize maybe some of the pieces of building a podcast and how much time it would take and if at the end of the day you're thinking – Okay, having my own podcast maybe isn't the right move for me. I just want to suggest that you go and take a listen to episode one hundred six, um, how to pitch a podcast, so how to actually become a guest on somebody else's podcast and how to do that properly. So you can always listen to that episode. But um, I know so many of you are probably also listening to this and so excited to do your own. You just don't know the exact steps you need to take. So um, why don't we kind of even move into the steps that someone would take, Rachel? Like Um, they've kind of maybe, uh, you know, decided they want to do it. Well, for a second, first, let's talk about like, how do they decide what the topic would be or even what the name is? Like, do they need to really have that thought out beforehand? Or is this something that can evolve
1: over time? Hmm. I would say give that thought. Can it change over time? Yes. But you don't want to be changing it every week. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so make sure you're clear on that you know, test it out with a few people that said, I think I actually have a memory now of testing it out with people and saying, I'm going to start this podcast. It's going to be called the fill your cup podcast. And like, I think all of the reactions were like, so underwhelming for what I had hoped them to be. (laughs) (laughs) That said, I believed in myself and this vision so hard that I was like, whatever, I'm doing it anyway. So yeah, maybe, maybe think about it. Um, think about, um, you know, uh, podcasts that you listen to or look up to and what do you like about them? Um, What, how is their, how is the name captive? Like which which names are more uh, captivating to you? Which album art is, is captivating to you and why? And embody characteristics from that within yours.
0: Hmm. Like do a little bit of market research and yeah. then put it into action.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then in terms of figuring out like what it's going to be about, I would say like go back to, go back to your why in terms of like, why are you doing this? Like, what's your goal? What are you trying to get out of it? And what do those people need? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And in terms of like, so it is an educational platform. Um, So does that mean like, are there going to be like five content pillars that you're going to speak to frequently? Right. Or um, also deciding like, do you want it to be that educational or do you want it to be more, um, educational through conversation. Right. Um, and again, there's no right or wrong answer to this. It's just that that's going to come down to what you feel comfortable with. Like I started this podcast on my own intending to have guests and, and doing the, the, um, odd solo episode for a few reasons. Like I wanted to bring in those, um, those other insights. I also knew I couldn't sustain it just on my own. And I didn't think it'd be fun to just talk on my own. So, um, Yeah, you can switch up that part of it, but in terms of your name and album art, like, you know, think about it, marinate it in it for some time and know that you can change it. But again, you don't want to be changing it all the time because then it's just, it's more difficult for people to find it in the future and to, for that loyalty purpose. Exactly. Absolutely.
0: Hey there, I hope you're getting so much value from this episode. So I wanted to take a quick pause to tell you about the Next Level Nutrition Biz Collective and share a special offer just for podcast listeners like you. If you're trying to get momentum with your nutrition business or need some support figuring out your next steps or brainstorming ideas, this monthly membership is for you. Inside, you'll get monthly in-depth marketing, sales, and business trainings, and Q&A sessions to help you grow your nutrition business, as well as a supportive community where you can ask questions and exchange ideas. If you want to learn more or join us in the Next Level Nutrition Biz Collective, head on over to www.stephanielong.ca and be sure to use the code PODCAST in the checkout to get your first month for only $7. See you inside. Um, okay. So what about equipment? So they've got their idea, they've got the, some, maybe some topics they know if they want to do kind of solo or guest episodes and they're sitting down, they're like, okay. And the tech, (laughs) what do I do there? What do I need? Where do I need to spend money? Where can I save? So what would you say are like maybe the top, um,
1: tech or equipment tools that are needed for a podcast? So a microphone (laughs) (laughs) surprise. (laughs) Yeah. The startup costs for a for podcasts aren't too bad. And this was also my, um, when thinking about like, do I do a podcast or do I do say YouTube? Um, I knew for me like filming and editing and that sort of thing was going to be much more labor intensive in terms of production. I would love to have a YouTube channel, but, um, I wasn't in a place to be able to do that on my own. So, um podcasting I, I think is a bit easier in terms of startup and and that sort of thing. So, yeah, a mic and in my guide podcast one-on-one I also give links to um and mention like brands that I like, but um I've been using the same um microphone for since day one. Um I got a different color at some point. I went <laughs> from black to silver. <laughs> go big upgrades here. Um, headphones, a pop filter, um, however you want to edit. So I use garage band. I found it, um, somewhat like user friendly to figure out. It's not too bad. Um, there's YouTube tutorials for that. Um, and now, now I outsource my editing. Um, thank God, (laughs) not that I hate editing. Sometimes I would like get in the groove of it, but it's nice to be able to to outsource that. So when I'm recording on my own, I'm using um, GarageBand. If I'm recording with a guest, um, I'm doing it through Zoom. And um, there's actually only uh, a handful of episodes I actually did in person with another guest, in which case I had two mics, and then there's a, a little um, adapter thing to, to connect it to. Um, and it's funny, I even when we can go back to normal times, like I think I'll forever do uh recordings through zoom I don't think I ever want to do an in-person one again I don't know why do you feel that would you yeah I mean I've done a few in person but I'm not as professional as you I've just like
0: used the one mic and we just sat very close (laughs) we've also done that
1: and that also works that's fine like to figure out the the tech stuff with two mics is a bit trickier to Mm -hmm. be honest yeah Mm -hmm. And then a quiet room to record in. So things you want to think about are um not sitting in the middle of like an, an empty room where there's like a lot of echo. Um the more furniture, the more pillows, the more blankets in it, the better. If your walls are like made of carpet, amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um just to absorb some of the sound. That's pretty much it. Yeah. It's it's not it's not too bad in that way. Well, and I, I think it's
0: worth mentioning that like your podcasting room doesn't have to look great. I used to do it in my closet. Um, mm. which was actually scary when I would, um, record for someone else's podcast and we'd be on video cause I'd just be like in this dark closet. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've recorded in some funny spots. Sometimes I think about it too much and I'm like, oh, I need to, yeah, I need to be like, if there's, there's no good space i like I gotta be in my bed and then I'm like balancing things and it mm. doesn't feel good. Like, um, yeah, like I'm, I'm at my apartment in, in Toronto right now and like, it's, I'm not in like a fancy studio by any means. Um. Yeah. Like, I don't, don't stress about that part. You can still get really, really good sound without being in a studio.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've recorded from my bed too, so I've, yeah. I've done it yeah. everywhere. Exactly. Sometimes I'm like, why don't I just record an episode? Like if I'm on a drive and I get an idea, like, can I just, yeah.
1: <laughs> honestly, you could probably be good sound. Yeah. <laughs> minus like the rumbling like yeah, <laughs> yeah. and not driving like obviously <laughs> yes. pulled off right. the side of the <laughs> although there have been times where like i'll have an idea or like a voice clip of something and then I'll, I'll do like a voice recording as i drive
0: yeah oh absolutely and actually i've listened to podcasts i want to say it was james wedmore but i'm not positive it was him um who like would go on a walk and record through his headphones interesting Mm -hmm. that makes sense that's I like that maybe that could be like a fill your cup series where it's like Rachel out and about (gasps) like when you're on your rollerblades
1: when I'm I'm on my blades when I'm rolling down the hill my nature walks that could be cool I'm excited for it (laughs) yeah okay I got work
0: to do. Okay. So we have all of the kind of equipment and again, like all of your recommendations are in your podcast one-on-one guide, which we'll give the details to at the end. Um, and then what about like okay, I think people just get get confused. They're like, I recorded the episode and where does it go? Like, how does it get to iTunes? Where am I posting it? Like, um, maybe walk us through like the process that happens
1: after you hit record. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is probably the most annoying part of setting up your podcast, but then once it's done, it's done. Um, so you need to host your podcast somewhere. So what that means is essentially you're going to go to a website and you're going to upload, this is where you're going to upload your, your episodes too. You're going to, you're going to upload your show notes. Um, your album art. it's basically where your podcast is going to live. Um, so I use one called Libsyn. Um, there's other ones, Podbean, Buzzsprout, Anchor FM, Um, and so you're going to upload it to there. Um, and there are fees to this depending on how much you're uploading a month. Um, and so, um, it's, it's usually not too bad. I think it's like 50 to 20 bucks a month. Um, Mm -hmm. but of course the more you start to upload, the more you're paying. Um, and then what you're going to do is you're going to, connect it connects to all the different platforms where you want to spit out your podcast to itunes google play that sort of thing but an important step here is you need to submit your podcast to the podcasting platform so you need to submit it to um spotify to google play um and to itunes which can also take some time so you want to be careful with that because if you're like yay we're launching this week and then you just submit it like the day before well it might not be approved by then Um, And I think like most do get approved, but you don't know how long it will take. So um, I actually have exact directions for this in in the podcast one-on-one guide, which um, I would have loved when starting out because this part can be a bit of a headache. But again, once you have that, then it's there. You just continue to upload podcasts there. You can edit past episodes there um, in terms of how they appear on the on the podcasting apps, you can check out your stats, how many downloads you have, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, no, that's uh, great advice. And you're right. Like I felt so confused, like, okay, I think I'm connected to iTunes, but did I get connected to Google play? Oh shoot. I've got to wait a few days and like, It was just a little bit of a headache. So to have like exact instructions on how to do that, I think would be so helpful. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Okay. And one thing we forgot to talk about um, is, you know, uh, like, what are you recording? So obviously, like you have your episode. So like, maybe it's a solo episode or a guest episode. But what about like an intro and an outro? Like, I don't think we can just start our podcast without having, you know, some kind of cushion on each side, right?
1: Hmm. Yeah. So what I usually do is I'll record um, the actual episodes, whether it's a solo episode or with a guest. I usually start with that, and then I record my my intro after. So there's there's a few things that are static: your intro song, um, your, your theme song. Um, I also have a static outro sort of song that's like recorded that says like, thanks for listening to the failure cup podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating review. So that gets like plugged in at the beginning and end of every single episode. Um, what I need to record every time for an episode is, you know, my actual recording and then my intro, which is introducing the episode, which is what Steph did at the beginning of this one. Um, and then if there's any ads, then I also record those separately and then you can edit these all yourself or you can send them to your editor and then they'll piece it all together.
0: Which I highly recommend.
1: Highly recommend. (laughs) If
0: you have the finances or if you know that that's, you know, you'll get a good return, you know, you pay 50 to a hundred dollars to get an episode edited, but maybe you get a client in return or a couple clients. So, um, I think it's much worth putting the money in.
1: It is, and like the thing is, like you can you can learn to edit. It's 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 actually quite simple. I have a background in. Um, I, I did a sound course in university, so I was like grateful to be like, oh great, I can edit my own podcast. But there's one point where I was just like, I'm spending like not even too many hours, but I'm spending time on this when you know, this is not where I should be spending my time. Right. Spent like, do that for as long as you need to. And then the minute you can offload that and, and outsource that awesome. Like continue to do that until like, you know, the, the goals, it's so funny how much work we have to do to actually like work in our jobs. Hey Steph, like mm. to actually be an intuitive eating coach. Like there's a lot that I have to do yeah. <laughs> to get there. Um, and if I was always just like doing that, then I would never have time to like get more clients. Right. So Um, There is going to be a point where you kind of have to take a bit of a a leap of faith there and um, invest, but I think you'll quickly see that the investment is, is very much worth it hmm
0: so how long would you say you know start to finish uh, and maybe this differs per guest per episode um but you know to record the episode to even like let's say it's a guest one to like email back and forth to get the intro music and the outro music added to record the ads like how much time do you think this is taking you for every episode
1: yeah hard to say um let's say the recording you know i'm setting aside an hour there um for anything else that I'm recording on top of that. And I think the writing of the show notes and writing, um, if it's a solo episode, that's a whole different story because I, I write myself, I used to write an, an outline. Now I actually write a script, uh, mm-hmm. cause I, I tend to go on a lot of tangents and I want to be mindful of time. So I write a script now. So I'd say you're looking at three to four hours per episode. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's right?
0: Yeah, I would say so. And and yeah. you're right, it's kind of dependent on if it's solo, then maybe it's a little bit less versus if there's a guest and you're doing more back and forth or you're um, preparing more for the episode. I think it can maybe be a couple hours difference, but mm-hmm. I think that's a good amount of time so it, people aren't just thinking it's the one hour of recording. There's there's other things oh, yeah. that go with this.
1: Yeah. So much promo, right? The, um, I mean, writing the show notes and creating the creative assets. And if you have an Instagram for it, what are you doing there? If you have a newsletter, it's funny. I think, I think I listed this out recently and I was like, Oh, like if I saw this list before doing a podcast, I would not want to do a podcast, but it's funny when you're in it, you're just like, this is what I got to do. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like that. And I don't do it all in one go. Like what I'll do is all, um, I actually try to, batch record my, my episodes. Um, so like for, for two months at a time, I don't like to record too far in advance because then by the time the content comes out, it actually might be irrelevant, especially if you're interviewing someone. Um, so, but I do like to record a bunch at once and then like write all my ads, Write Um, not all of them. I might say, okay, I'm going to do three episodes today. Um, so write the intros for those episodes, record them, write the ads, record them, and then send them off to the editor.
0: Mm. Okay. Yeah. That that all makes sense. Okay. So we kind of are aware of what we need in terms of tech and then we understand now the pieces for the editing how long it might take um now why don't we talk a little bit about if you are having guests on your podcast like you're not doing just a solo podcast um what does that look like like are you reaching out to people by email are they reaching out to you i know you mentioned earlier at the beginning it was more like friends but what does that um, process look like for you
1: so I'll start with a my spreadsheet, which I started with from day one. So that's just a spreadsheet that has um, – there's a few little tabs on it, like one just f- completely for like brain dumping and um, brainstorming for like potential guests and and topics, especially as like we receive pitches. We might put down people's names there for, for future options. Um, and then what I'll do is I'll organize it by season. So my, my podcast is by season, but I don't know why. Um, I think initially I did it because – I wanted a break because I was just doing it on my own. Now I have a podcast manager, Katie's that helps me. And so we're committed to like not stopping and continuing to bring content every week. Um, But anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm separating and organizing my podcast by season. So there might be 12 to 18 episodes in a season. It's usually like for three months or so. I release one podcast a week. And, um, in terms of pitching, um, I usually try to find the guests email, um, online. Usually I would, I shouldn't say usually it's there, but, um, sometimes they do have to DM them. Um, I don't like to do a ton of business in, in DMs, but like sometimes, you know, their email inboxes get inundated so they don't see it. Um, so I might reach out to them there and just, I don't send the full pitch through DMs. I, I personally find that annoying, mm-hmm. um, I, I, just, I'll reach out to them and say like, Hey, like, um, I, I would love to have you on my podcast I, or I, I like to put the power in their, in their hands. Like not to say like, Hey, all about me, I, I'll say something like, uh, do you have the capacity to, to do podcast recordings right now? And they might say yes or no. And, and give their email then, and then I'll reach out to them. Um, we'll arrange a time to schedule. I send a guest form, so it's like a, a Google Doc where I collect information from them. So if there's anything that they are working on that they want to plug during the episode, or something that would information that would help me to position them best, um, then I'll get them to fill that, that that out there. I'll fill out the questions for the episodes in advance, um, and I allow myself to stray from it too. It's just kind of there as like you know, you only like, you only have so much time you want, you want to be impactful with it and get the answers that you, you want answered. Um, so filling out the, yeah, filling out the questions, um, and then it goes to recording.
0: Yeah. That's a great process. And I think even in your podcast, one-on-one guide, you have a template that people can kind of use or an example of like a pitch that you've used for other guests. So, um, that might be really helpful for people that kind of are excited, but just don't feel comfortable with the language of how they would approach people. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a fun thing I would love to talk about, cause I'm sure people are interested is, uh, podcast sponsorships. Mm. Is this something they can do right away? Do they need, you know, hundreds of thousands of downloads? Um, I know you've done many sponsorships, uh, with other,
1: uh, brands and businesses. So why don't you
0: just tell us a bit about that?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, my brain just went back to the last question, and I want to add some something else there before we get into that. Um, when you're when you're pitching, okay, this applies to sponsors too. Um, when you're pitching anyone, you want to make it sound very, not only sound but be very desirable for them. Like they they're looking at this pitch, being like, "What's in it for me?" So even when I'm pitching a brand, I'm not just saying, "Hey, do you want to." do you want to sponsor this episode and give us money? I'm saying, Hey, I'm actually interviewing this person and she, she's going to be talking about this. And, um, I expected this, this type of community to be listening. And so I essentially have your whole target audience right in front of us. And, and, you know, it's a sex episode and our sex episodes tend to perform well. I think this would be a really great opportunity for you. Right. So you almost want to make it a no brainer. Um, I just wanted to, I just want to add that. And same with guests too, like, Hey, like this is, um, if you're trying to sell it to them, like talk yourself up, like make it they want to look at that and be like, wow, yeah, that that actually is worth my time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of sponsorship, yeah, um do we start off doing sponsors? I don't want to say yes or no. Um, I mean, shoot for the stars, but um, I would say you do need some time to like build up um, build up some credibility in the podcasting space and and have something to to show for it sort of thing. Again, like a like, Okay, this is interesting. So when you look into um, when you look into podcast sponsorship, I remember when I was looking at this at the beginning, what you're able to what they suggest you charge for a podcast sponsorship is actually really lame. Mm-hmm. I think it says something like you're like $10 per either 1,000 or 10,000 listens. It wow. must be 1,000. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I saw that and I was like, how the frick do people like make anything Mm -hmm. off of this. Like that's, that's ridiculous. And so, um, what I did is I, I, I bundle mine. And so I bundle mine with, um, I, I, always propose some sort of like campaign of sorts. Like I say, Hey, um, let's, let's do a podcast ad. We'll throw in an Instagram story support. We'll throw in an Instagram feed post and, newsletter support and it will be this much sort of thing. Um, it's changed over, over time now, like now, um, like I do, like I do have more numbers to support it. Um, not, not like astronomical. Um, like I'd say, like I I'm getting up to 2000 downloads per episode and I'm charging way more than $10, um, because I believe it's worth more than that. But, um, I do, um, I do still like kind of throw it into a bit of a campaign in terms of like what to charge. Um, yeah. Did I answer the initial question? Yeah. No, no, no. That sounds
0: great. And I, and I love your approach because I think it's all also like if you're, well, I think, you know, it's going to depend on maybe, the type of business you're doing, the businesses you're reaching out to, your reach, like there's so many things that would depend on like what you might be charging. But I, mm-hmm. I love the idea of like creating a little campaign around it, mm-hmm. um, or offering like multiple services of value for for that brand or business, um, because then you're creating a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And then you don't need like a 100 different Uh, you know, sponsors, you just need a couple that you have a really, really strong relationship with. And then your listeners also get to really know those specific brands.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think too, like, you know, podcast ROI is interesting, right? Because to, you know, there's no swipe up option, right? It's not Mm -hmm. like people are listening and you might mention this this code but then like they got to go to the show notes which they can do easily but like it's just a one extra extra added step and it's a new world for brands to play in like when i'm pitching brands and and talking about podcast sponsorship there's like some uneasiness because maybe they haven't done it before so i think too there's there's value and if you're starting out and there's a brand that you love like just start talking about them see if they i would actually propose like seeing if they have an affiliate to start off with and and use their affiliate and prove it to them that you have the audience that, that they want. Right. And then over time it's like, Hey, this is no brainer. I have your, I have your audience here. Like choose me. Let's, let's do an actual partnership because we, we can see that these codes being used and and obviously it's converting. So there's something here.
0: That's a really, really good idea. Thanks for sharing that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And lastly, to wrap everything up, you know, so we've talked about kind of all the steps for like setting up the podcast, editing, you know, getting the guests on, but the whole other world of it is marketing it, right? Like it goes live and we just don't like, you know, forget about it. There's so many more pieces. So um, where would you start with the marketing or where would you suggest people kind of like focus their attention?
1: Yeah. Okay. So this, um, now this makes me think of the, the first question, which is how to, how to know if you should start a podcast. And is it possible to start a podcast if you don't have another platform? Yes. Um, but I think in terms of like getting those those downloads in the beginning, like I think that might be tricky. Like I'd say, before going into it, make sure that you have some sort of an sort of an audience to uh, to to market to. Um, I don't know. Like I, I wonder if it could work either way. I do hear some people like finding the podcast through the app, but I don't know if it that comes in like astronomical numbers. So. Anyway, back to this question. Um I promote the podcast through my my Instagram. Um I was just using my own personal Rachel and Melinda Instagram for up until like the this past February. Um and that was very intentional. Um I didn't start a separate Instagram for the Failure Cup podcast because I didn't have the capacity and resources to sustain it, and I'm a believer that if like you can't be consistent with something, then don't do it at all. Um because I I I, I knew myself. Like I was going to I would like work on it for a bit and then I would just like abandon it and I didn't want that. So now we have two accounts. Um, I still promote it through my channel because I, I have access to the swipe up on my account. Um, but not on the Fill your cup one where we're just growing that one. So it allows me to bring people outside of the Instagram app. Um, and, and my community is bigger on, on my, on my personal account. Um, for now, who knows what Fill your cup is going to do. So we, we promote it on there. Um, I guess the question here is like what had to know when to create a separate account. I think it is nice. I think it's nice to separate the content and to give it the love that it deserves. Um, you know, you put a lot of work into the episode and sometimes at least I used to do this. Like I throw up one audiogram or Instagram story to promote it. And then I would just like not talk about it again. I'm like, that's ridiculous, Rach. Like you just put so much work into this piece of content. Like there's so much here, this one piece of content, can easily get turned into several pieces of content, whether that's, um, taking little clips from it for audiograms or separating concepts into posts, um, taking, taking concepts from the episode and turning them into blog posts or or newsletters. Right. So, um, I think it's Gary V that talks about that. I don't know what he calls that sort of method, but it's like essentially taking one piece of content and turning it into multiple, Mm um, you can also create a, a private online community. So I, I created one on Facebook to start. That one I've kind of fallen off of, and to be honest, I'm not really, I'm not really sure what I want to do with it. I like the idea of having listeners, um, giving listeners a place to connect with one another, um, but I'm still thinking on that and just what what people want and need and and what i have the capacity for so sorry to everyone that's currently in that community that's like why am i here right now <laughs> <laughs> this hasn't been a post it's in a long been. time um you can write blog posts you can promote it through your newsletter um definitely encourage the featured guests to promote it they might not always but i mean that's an opportunity to get in front of a new audience yeah i'd say i'd say start with those things
0: those are some really great recommendations. And um, I love that you said like, you know, only take things on if you have the capacity, right? Like yeah. don't create the secondary Instagram. Like I can barely keep up with my own personal Instagram for right. versus create a secondary one. So, you know, maybe that's a goal for down the line, but you don't need to do all of the things. And in yeah. fact, you probably shouldn't just do a few things really, really well. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been great. I think like I don't want to overwhelm people with too many steps, but I think you gave them like kind of the nitty gritty of what they need to do to get started, what they need to consider, the actual like tangibles, like what they need to do the podcast. And then I I really encourage everyone to grab the guide. I think it's going to be a great resource to put everything you're learning into action and um Rachel like I'm even just looking at it now like there's just so much in here where Rachel really breaks down like everything you could do to market uh good ways to convert podcast listeners into paying customers. I mean this is a really really awesome guide. So uh why don't you just talk about that for a second and tell people where they can find you?
1: Yeah, thanks. I'm I'm really proud of this this guide too. Um and it actually came about from like an intuitive and in, it was a very intuitive business decision. There was one day last summer where I had like this is a tangent. I love tangents. Mm -hmm. Um, there is a day where, um, or three days ahead where I was like, Hey, I gotta be working on this, this other thing. And then I was like, I really want to create a podcast resource. Oh, it was after we hit hundred thousand downloads and there was a lot of like hype around it. And I was like, I want to create this podcast guide. And I literally like just sat down and you know, when you go, like you get in the zone, like Mm -hmm. I just sat down for like eight hours and like spit this out, not, not to undermine like, like that. I just like poop this out like there's a ton in here it's just i felt so passionate about it and literally just put everything that i've learned into this this guide and so i'm really proud of it i'm proud to offer it at um, an affordable price for people that are just exploring it um to get into it um i actually think it's um a, a, a bit too uh too low based on its value right now it's 28 dollars canadian um that will probably be going up in the future because there's just so much in this in this guide um and then also, so you can get that at rachelmmelinda.com uh, forward slash shop. Um, it's a digital guide. So you'll get the podcast 101 guide. Um, it's an 18 page guide that tells you um, the steps of like what to go through, like whether you should start a podcast, how to actually start a podcast from naming your podcast, the album art equipment, submitting your podcast to the platforms, booking podcast guests, sourcing intro, outro music, um, talks about podcast sponsorship and writing show notes, and then setting your podcast up for success. So like marketing your podcast, um, how to convert listeners into paying customers, um, and then there's also um, my handy dandy spreadsheet template you're going to get, so you can map out your future guests. Um, and when you also get this guide, you're going to be put on um, my my business list, and because I'm going to be working on some um, some more podcasts coaching offerings in the future. And so if you want to be kept in the loop on those, um, there's some things I'm working on now um, for those that are interested in learning how they can monetize their po- their podcast better, um, how to attract their ideal clients through podcasting. So if you want to learn how to start a podcast and get into it and, and get going, then this is this is the place to go.
0: Oh, yeah. Rachel is your girl. Learn from you. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. And, um, I'm not sure if you mentioned your Instagram handle but, uh, for mm. both your personal and the podcast, but why don't you just go ahead and do that?
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm at Rachel M Melinda everywhere, R-A-C-H-E-L-M-M-O-L-E-N-D-A. Um, and the Fill Your Cup podcast is the Fill Your is Fill Your Cup podcast on Instagram. Awesome. Everybody definitely check it
0: out. I will have everything in the show notes for you um, for the podcast one-on-one guide if you want to download that and also Rachel's social links so you can check that out there. And thanks again. This was fun. I, I could talk to you forever. I wish thanks, we could have a podcast together.
1: <laughs> I know. I would love that. I would love that. No, thanks. It's really fun to put on my marketing and business hat and to, to connect on this and to reflect and yeah, just to be on this ride with you. Yeah, well, I'm so excited to learn from you. Every time I talk to you, I,
0: I definitely take more than a few tidbits away. So thanks again, and I'm sure everybody is just like so thankful for you for sharing your time, especially coming from the 2020 podcast of the year winner. Mm-hmm. Like we, it's not like small. Sm- I was going to say small bananas. I don't know what say. <laughs> not small bananas, guys. Big bananas. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh that's the that's the uh the episode quote (laughs) that's what what I'll pull out (laughs) I love it not small bananas y'all you're big bananas
0: well thanks so much Rachel I really appreciate you coming on
1: thanks Sash.
0: thanks for listening in if you like this episode feel free to leave us a review share the episode with a friend or tag us on social media catch you next time